Welcome back to the Preacher's Podcast. Today, we are discussing the readings for the third Sunday in Lent in year A. Our series is called Our Greatest Needs, identifying some of the greatest needs that we have um, and seeing how Jesus addresses those needs. So we've been walking through some of these um, beautiful gospel accounts this Lenten season. We'll get to more as the series goes on. Today, a well-known one that illustrates our need for our thirst to be quenched, our spiritual thirst, and Jesus meeting that greatest need by providing water for the thirsty. I'm John Mitchell from Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary, moderating once again today with us for this series, uh, Pastor John Scharf from Abiding Grace in Covington, Georgia, Pastor Joel Heckendorf from Light of the Valleys in Reno, Nevada, and Professor Joel Russo from Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary. So let's get started uh, with you, Joel Heckendorf. Could you summarize for us kind of the main truth that you want worshipers to take home with them this week? Sure. Thanks, John. Yeah, as, as you said, the theme again for the day is, is water for the thirsty. And, and just that picture of, of being thirsty, I think, is going to bring to mind many illustrations for our listeners uh, if anyone has ever been dehydrated, they know how severely it can affect uh, their body, whether it's their mind, their mood, so on and so forth. Uh, very clearly, we need water to live. And then you, you switch that into the, the spiritual life realm. When you think of how the psalmist says, you know, my soul thirsts for God. Or I think of how the, the rich man, you know, pleads with toward Lazarus, you know, just give me a drop, just give me a drop of of water on my tongue, how, how separation from God is the greatest thirst that any of us could experience. And yet so clearly in our lesson of the Samaritan woman, uh, we see how Jesus meets, meets our greatest need and whoever drinks that water, uh, he will give them that they'll never thirst again. And so we, we go with that confidence that our, our great need for thirst is, is answered in Jesus. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, beautiful imagery there. Powerful, relatable. Uh, John Sharp, could we go to you next to uh, help us uh, see the context of this gospel that we'll be focusing on from John 4, how it fits in with the other readings of the day? Absolutely. Thank you. So, yeah, again, we, we see this theme of water for thirsty in a couple of ways. Our great need, our thirst for the living water is demonstrated in, in our need for physical water as well. And so the gospel sets the stage as familiar story. Jesus speaks to the woman no one else spoke to, to a woman, which was out of the normal, to, to one who was clearly a sinner. She had needs, and he uses the discussion of that physical need of water to show her her need for living water, for the forgiveness and grace that he gives. And so the, the first reading then demonstrated God coming in grace to his complaining, undeserving people and rescuing them. How? Well, water from the rock. To the people who wanted to stone God's representative, he quenched their thirst from a stone and, and taught what God's grace looks like. And then in the second reading, God's love is poured out into our hearts because we didn't deserve it, but Christ died for us while we were still sinners. All of our readings show God's love for those in, in great need and, and uses that picture of, of the water 
Um, our psalm, too, then uses some of the same pictures. We're the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. You know, as a shepherd, make sure his sheep get water. That, that's part of that picture. God makes sure we are here to, to get the water of life so we can shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. So you see some themes weave in through all three readings. Right, right. Yeah, some similar images popping up um, in different places, but all connecting uh, with that gracious action of God to meet our greatest needs. Well, let's get to the gospel then for the day. Uh, John 4, verses 5 through 26. Joel Russo, could you just get us started? We're assuming that guys have done a text study at this point and looked over the text, but could you just mention some things that pop out to you as we get started on how to preach this text? Uh, certainly every text has a lot to work with, but I think there's <laughs> plenty to work with in, in this text. I, I kind of wish that the, the pericope would have included verse four because it's just a neat verse that segues into what we have here. Just because of the word edai um, at the beginning in verse four, it talks about how it was necessary for Jesus to travel through Samaria. And you go, well, not actually, because a lot of people would travel around Samaria, but it was necessary for Jesus to have this conversation and to, to meet the, the thirsty soul and the thirsty need of this woman. Uh, so just uh, maybe a, a kind of forest before the trees is that the text itself is conversational. Uh, so you have the dialogue. Jesus meets at the well at, at the sixth hour uh, around noontime, as many think. And, and then you have this back and forth dialogue. Uh, be curious to hear the other's thoughts on this of, you, you know, I think this text really does lend itself to a very conversational sermon. Um, and, and maybe how could you mimic the text a little bit on that? That was a, just a thought I had in general. Getting into the text itself. Uh, so you have like in verse 10 and verse 14, uh, that imagery of living water comes up. Uh, that, that Jesus is going to draw her deeper into a spiritual conversation, going from the physical thirst to the spiritual thirst. Uh, this is something that comes up in John's gospel and also in Revelation again. Uh, so John 7, uh, 38 and 39, where Jesus uh, equates right. believing in him to living water. And then, of course, uh, the, the picture of our, our lamb shepherd in heaven, uh, Revelation 7, 19, of how uh, he will lead us to springs of living water. You know, and God wipes every tear from our eyes. So certainly, I, I mean, you have a, a lot to preach right there. Of Jesus meets our, our, our thirst spiritually now with his forgiveness, but ultimately the culmination of that, and he talks about it in verse 14, is that uh, no more thirsty, no more hungry in, in heaven. Uh, so just a, a wide variety of, of redemption story there. Um, going to verse 16 and 17, uh, you have Jesus here preaching specific law. And I know I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit before that conversation we have. Uh, but, you know, how, how can we preach law specifically? Uh, one thought I had on this text is, you know, if I met Jesus at a well, what would he say to me? You know, what would he tell me to go and call and come and bring back? And um, maybe just penetrating questions uh, are a way to preach specific law with this text of uh, getting people to recognize the thirst that sin has created. And of course, the Savior who meets that thirst. Uh, maybe just one final note, verse uh, 26, uh, you have Jesus uh, when, when you know, the woman says, uh, yeah, I know that the Christ, the Messiah is coming. And then Jesus says, ego, I me, uh, the first of many times in John's gospel where those words, which are very loaded, um, mm -hmm. I am, 
uh, he speaks them. And, and certainly that just a powerful, uh, powerful preaching of gospel right there too. Yeah. Thanks for getting us started with grappling with the many, many uh, points in this text that are noteworthy. Um, well, let me open it up to John and Joel. Um, yeah. Would you like to respond to anything that Joel has commented on or point out some other things that catch your attention as you go through this text and think about preaching it? Joel? I, um, I, I, I do, do appreciate, I was thinking of that verse four too. I, you know, I think a good sermon series time, sometime would just be things Jesus had to do. Uh, that is such a beautiful uh, phrase in there to show his heart for this woman. Um, you know, one thing I, I think I'm wrestling with just a little bit is, is speaking specific law and which Jesus did with her. And, and you certainly don't want to water that down, no pun intended. Uh, but at the same time, to maybe talk about just how she was thirsting in so many other areas because of, of you know, what you might call the fallen condition focus. You know, that she would have been the victim of racism. She would have been the victim of ra- uh, sexism. That she would have been the victim of slander and gossip. And, and, and you know, she's, she's the one who, if you walk into the calf nobody would sit by her and she'd have to sit by herself, you know? Um, and, and so just that all of those things where she isn't just thirsting for forgiveness, she's thirsting for, I want someone to talk to me. I want someone to, to reach out to me. And, and so that balance between not, not, you know, ignoring the, the specific law for our listeners, but also maybe bringing them into this text and saying, Maybe you're just wishing someone would talk to you. Uh, maybe you're, you know, you know what it's like to have been loved and and uh, been rejected. You know, maybe she was rejected five times. Um, she knows what it's like to have uh, the the pain of divorce. Um, you know, I, I just think of uh, we're, we teach divorce care at our church, and I I hear the pain of these people having gone through divorce, whether they're the ones that instigated or not. Well, she's been through that, not once, not twice, not three, but five times. And so all that pain of, of seeing how, how Jesus can also bring healing there, you know, it's kind of like big problem, big solution, small problem, small solution type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That could be a bridge to get to this greatest needs uh, theme that we're um, using to tie the series together she has real needs and they are huge in her own mind and her own life. Um, and a lot of people can identify with those. And then what Jesus does is kind of addresses some of those needs um, while also kind of bringing her to this. But here's the, the root of all the needs um, is this spiritual thirst that you've got, right? Uh, other thoughts, um, either that or we can get into uh, preaching law and gospel from the text too, although we've kind of been hinting at that already. Uh, John? As, as Joel was speaking there, that uh, Augustine quote came to mind, our hearts are restless, O Lord, until they find rest in you. And that, that need, that thirst that everyone has for whatever it is that we don't know. Um, and I, I was thinking uh, a couple of weeks ago, 
my one of the podcasts I normally listen to had three episodes on thirst. And if, if you want to go back and listen, by the time you're listening to this, it'll be, you know, a year old, but uh, um, just the science, stuff to blow your mind is the name of the, the podcast, but uh, just the science behind it might be interesting as an illustration of sorts, you know, that uh, when we get thirsty and we drink a glass of water, that water doesn't change anything noticeably in our system for another 20 minutes uh, for the salt level of the, the blood and everything to get where it needs to be. But uh, our, there's something that goes on that they haven't really figured out that tells our body, okay, you drank some water, you're good. Uh, you don't need to keep drinking for the next 20 minutes until your body is actually quenched. Um, and then they, you know, they got into talking about how, how, because of that, then the body can be tricked thinking that it's got what it's need, what it needs. Um, and then doesn't get the water it needs because it was something else, uh, you know, because it doesn't balance it off. And I, I see probably a couple of illustrations in there, you know, when, when we, um, try to find that water in the wrong place. Um, but, uh, Yeah. You know, so I guess that's kind of rolling into the malady, you know, just that absolute need of honesty. You know, Jesus, uh, his evangelism technique here, he starts with some beautiful gospel. I've got this great invitation for you. And then then the reality of sin um, gets in there. Uh, and then, you know, of course, he is, is the answer uh, at the end of it. But, you know, so that need for confession and absolution, you know, the, the thirst that uh, I think every human knows um, to be loved, to be appreciated, to be valued, to be all of the things that God gives us. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think that that picture of thirst and, and quenching of it, had, there's a lot in there that could really be developed. I agree. Yeah. The, uh, it, I don't know if this is in the category of, you know, the archetypal metaphors, these uh, pictures that people across cultures throughout history can all understand. And then there's more in John too, you know, we'll get to life and death and light and darkness and blindness and sight and things like that. But here, yeah, just this need for uh, the body crying out for something to drink uh, the thirst that is there. Uh, and then Jesus taking that to this other level of uh, the deepest needs that uh, that thirst represents. Um, yeah, other comments, uh, Joel Heckendorf. Just both uh, the other guys have mentioned the, uh, the value of confession uh, coming up in here. You know, what would what would he what would I say if I'm sitting at the well and mm -hmm. and Jesus says so? So tell me about yourself. Um, but you know, you do see here, and maybe that's something to bring up to the. It was somewhat risky of her. She could have lied, <laughs> uh, but but she she took the mask off and said, "All right, this is who I am." And I and then look at how Jesus healed that completely, and, and maybe just that invitation to to confess. Yeah, I've got this skeleton in my closet, and mm -hmm. and then the gospel becomes that much much more thirst quenching uh, for us as well. Yeah, and it makes me think of uh, Romans 5, 8 in the second reading. <clears throat> While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So um, Jesus does not kind of, you know, keep holding back, holding back until she uh, proves herself worthy of this living water. No, he meets her uh, in all her sinfulness. 
allows her to open up to him um, and then provides her with that beautiful promise and uh, the, the thirst quenching forgiveness that's there. Um, yeah, it, it goes back to right Jesus seeking her out, uh, this woman who not a lot of people were seeking out. Um, that's his grace in action there. While we were still sinners, he's going after this, after us and after this woman. Um, other thoughts on uh, proclaiming kind of the, the basic law and gospel themes that are here. We've had some good ideas so far. Um, how else could you help preachers out as they go about uh, figuring out how to proclaim these truths in the text? John? Yeah, I think we've, we've hit on the, the law side of it, but um, you know, the obvious answer, Jesus is the living water. He's the one that quenches the thirst. I love, I who speak to you am he. Um, the, you know, all these questions, the answer for all of our attempts at worship, uh, you know, for that woman, how do, how do I make life right? Uh, and, and then she gets into the, well, you know, there's, there's the hill here, you know, there's, there's Jerusalem, there's all these debates about worship. And, and I, I know of plenty of people who are all caught up in, in that kind of thing. Well, we don't even know, you know, who's to say who's right, all that kind of thing. And Jesus just cuts right through it. Yeah. I am he. You know, the one that we are watching through the Lenten season and, and, you know, coming to Easter, the one who took all of our suffering, the one who uh, defeated death and the devil and sin and, you know, all of this, just that I who speak to you am he. The one coming to us in the word today is the one who has solved all of this, you know, the, the substitute that gives his perfection in place of of our history and, and gives us that absolution to the confession that we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The one who truly uh, meets that need, quenches that thirst, that deep thirst that is there. Uh, Joel Russo referred to this earlier, but um, uh, ideas you might share with preachers about how to preach this text. Joel had noted the conversational nature, the back and forth um, throughout this text. And yeah, this is one of those classic kind of longer sections in John's gospel where you've got um, uh, yeah, a little bit longer dialogue to work with or the more of a storyline there almost than we get in some of the other uh, gospels, the synoptics. Um, so it is intriguing just to follow this conversation. Uh, any ideas for preachers uh, about how to approach a longer text like this, a longer narrative like this, or, or how you might go about uh, uh, just kind of presenting the text. Joel Russo? I was just going to say, I think one of the challenges of, of doing that, you know, even though I was asking about it before, is that this is Jesus. So, I mean, obviously his, his conversation is, is perfect uh, for all the times that we've failed in our conversation. Uh, but yeah, just I just how he asks the question and how, you know, I, the picture in my own mind as I was reading this is, you know, they're standing at a well and you picture her dropping down her bucket to pull up water. But through the whole conversation, what's Jesus doing is he's drawing her deeper into the well of salvation, which is himself. And, and he continues to draw her to him. So, you know, in our preaching, how do we continue to draw somebody who um, from sin or just the effects of sin is, is just broken to draw them deeply into the well of the Savior. And I mean, obviously, that I don't know, just the arc of it, it just he climaxes right at the at, at, at the end there with I'm he, as John Scharf said, of, you know, find 
you know, the heart is restless and find your, your, your water in Jesus. Yeah. So just kind of showing that progression of uh, uh, that kind of, yeah, really, as you said, it just comes to uh, a point pinnacle at verse 26, as Jesus presents himself as the answer to her needs. Um, one way I think of, uh, I recall, I think it was Alan Sorum um, preached on this here at the seminary in the last couple of years. And um, he kind of approached it as uh, there's so much to consider in the text. He sort of did, I, I, I would, I've heard it called kind of framing the biblical story. Um, he had an introduction where he kind of laid out the themes that he was going to be talking about. And then just kind of walked through the dialogue, noting some things as we've been doing throughout here, these law gospel themes or Jesus surfacing the needs of this woman and then addressing those needs, kind of walked through uh, and then came back at the end with sort of the other half of the frame to reinforce those themes that he'd been uh, talking about throughout the sermon. So just kind of, yeah, introduction, then walk through the, the narrative and then conclude and reinforce those things might be a strategy as you go about uh, kind of letting the narrative form the structure of the sermon. Other ideas in, in that regard, how to present this, John? I think no matter what method you choose, there are just some really cool things in here that I wouldn't want to lose because I'm focusing on something else. You know, this discussion of worship, I think really fits well in you know the the whole what is our what do we need what's our thirst and and how is that quenched you know worshiping in spirit and in truth and and a lot of things that uh you know you could talk about what happens in our liturgical service uh you know in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit that's worshiping in spirit and in truth you know quenching the thirst with the proclaimed forgiveness and the absolution the reminders of the waters of baptism uh uh, an obvious uh, reference there, the, the, the drink, the, the taste of wine, of, of, you know, forgiveness, uh, a lot of pictures that are right there for the preacher to, you know, maybe even just with a hand gesture, uh, bring in, here's, here's some of this comfort, here's some of this living water for you uh, as, as you're listening to the, the sermon. Uh, that might not even take a, a long time to give the whole background to it, but uh, uh, a lot of things that can uh, they can be on that list of what do I want to make sure that we uh, remind people of the, the comfort that this brings. Um, yeah. Can I meet Jesus here and now and have him quench my thirst? And the answer is yes. In those ways you pointed out through the, the word of the gospel, uh, the word of absolution, the supper, the water of life and baptism. Yeah, that's Jesus here with us meeting these needs and quenching our spiritual thirst too. Yeah. Uh, other thoughts on just how to present this text or open it up to other ap thoughts for application. I think that's a good one, pointing people to the word and sacrament as the place we meet Jesus now. Anything, uh, anything additional you'd like to point out for suggestions? How about um, we, yeah, is this a case where we don't want to get, I don't want to say too creative because it's always good to be creative, but the image of life uh, from quenching thirst, uh, thirst, uh, water of life, um, 
is that kind of an, an illustration you'd maybe encourage preachers to, to stick with throughout the sermon here? Or do others <clears throat> come to mind that might fit in also? Um, or is this a case where you've got such a powerful image, maybe just keep keep that one central throughout the message? I guess that's that's what I how I have approached this text typically. I've got enough to work with with this one powerful picture. Uh, but do any others come to mind or any suggestions you'd have for preachers in that regard? Yeah, well, heck of I totally agree with you of trying to keep that water picture in mind um, is how I've approached it in the past. And, you know, kind of going outside pericope again, two verses later to kind of bring in that, that she left her water jar, it, you know, it's kind of a nice mm. conclusion too, yeah. um, to, to reinforce there's though how, how we carry these burdens in life and Jesus is the answer to everything. And that's, you know, and, and you could, you could get creative. I mean, all right, it's water bottle Sunday or whatever it is. Um, uh, but, but there'd be many ways just to almost, again, without being distracting, almost like between your parts, just take a drink of water or something like that. <laughs> right. Um, it, it, you know, it, I think there could be some, some neat pictures there. I remember years ago, uh, uh, Tiefel not preaching on this, but he talked, it was drip, 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 uh, was a reformation sermon that he, he preached and he came back, um, uh, every, every transition drip, drip, drip. And I almost wonder if you, mm -hmm. if you would do something with that water imagery, um, as you transition throughout this whole thing to, keep them engaged, but also just to reinforce, um, every, every drop of truth, uh, that, you know, maybe your main points, all right, here's drop number one, here's drop number two, here's drop number three. And pretty soon we see our cup is full because I am he. Yeah. 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 Good suggestions. I mean, the, it's such just an evocative image. Um, uh, when you talk about water and thirst and the well, uh, that they're sitting by. And yeah, I don't, I, the, the water jars that she leaves behind because uh, she sees, you know, there's water and then there's water. Um, there's having your thirst quenched and then there's really having your thirst quenched in this uh, grand way that only Jesus can accomplish. Um, great. Well, any other suggestions for preachers um, before we close today? Uh, other things, there's just a, a lot to work with right there in the text. Jesus pointing out the greatest need and then meeting the greatest need with his own presence and with his own grace that he gives. Um, encourage preachers to just mind the text here and, and stick to that central theme of Jesus meeting the need uh, of our spiritual thirst. But um, yeah, but taking a look at these beautiful details, how he does that throughout the, the narrative that John presents uh, anything further? Just maybe have a question for you guys is yeah. um, being careful or, you know, the, the sanctity of marriage is maybe not today what it once was. And, and so to not let that specific sin be distracting in here. Oh yeah. He's, you know, her, her big sin is that she got married five times mm -hmm. and you know, I, I think that will be somewhat of, could be a challenge or distracting for our listeners or even a, a barrier for our listeners um, that, oh yeah, here they are preaching from the pulpit against, yeah. against, you know, sins of 
sexuality and marriage again. And, and there's so much more to this point than that specific sin that Jesus is addressing just to, to really point out the, the beauty of, of him being the one who fills all of our needs without. Yeah. I, I just don't want to come down too hard on that one and take people in a different way. Uh, and maybe creating Pharisees of everybody who's not that, not been divorced five times. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's just something to be aware of. Yeah, that's a good point. I think Joel Russo referred to that earlier, what you suggested, Joel, that, um, you know, if Jesus were to sit next to us, what would be the thing that he would bring up uh, for us? Maybe a way of addressing that. So it, it, yeah, in this woman's case, Jesus knows that this is the area in her life that evidences her thirst. Um, but with you, it's something else. You know, with me, it's maybe something totally different, but it's there, right? Um, maybe, would that be a way of kind of a, opening it up? It's not just about this particular sin. It's about the, the need, the deep need that um, this sin tips us off to. Yeah. Great. Good suggestion. Suggestion. All right. Well, let's wrap it up for today then. Uh, Jesus meets our greatest needs, uh, giving water for the thirsty. Uh, beautiful gospel text. The Lord bless you, preachers, as you prepare to proclaim our Savior in his word.